0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, wait, you've never watched The Lord of the Rings? Or... Oh, come on, you've never seen The Dark Knight? Or... How have you not seen Paddington? Paddington! Hello again, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. I am your co host, Caroline Thompson. I'm the other co host, Carson Betts. And this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen.
1: We talk about it.
0: Then we go and watch the movie.
2: And you know what? We talk about it some more.
0: (laughs) It's going to be a real good time.
2: It is a triumphant return.
0: Yeah, um, this is, you know, we're we're, we're doing the show again. Um, for those of you who have been around in the past, thank you. If this is your first time joining us, thank you as well. Um, and before we go, I just want to say um, shout out to our new producer, Corey Reagan, who is here on the call with us.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Um, yeah, so, uh, Corey, it's really good to have you with us. Hopefully, um, having somebody doing the ones and zeros and, uh, doing things like that will help keep us afloat for a long time to come, but that is neither here nor there. The important question that we have to ask ourselves, or more importantly, that we have to ask Carson this week is, Carson, Mm -hmm. how have you not seen Paddington?
2: So. That is a very good question. I'll be honest. I'm not the sort of man who feels particular shame in enjoying things that are, one might say, for children. Uh, Because I'll tell you what, I love me some some Star Wars. (laughs) I love me some superheroes. And uh, those things, no matter what anybody might say, no matter how much Zack Snyder tries, those things are fundamentally for kids. Um, I didn't really... Know that the Paddington movies were like, no, these are actually very good movies. Like you should watch them. They're fantastic until after Paddington 2 had like came and went in theaters. Uh, and since then I have just, I've never picked them back up. This is, I think a really good movie to start out with because this is one that like multiple people in my lives have come up to me and be like, no, Carson, you should watch Paddington. It will be your jam. You gotta watch it, man. Uh, because you know what? Hey, here's something about me. is that uh i like to describe it this way when i was like a teenager or like you know a kid my favorite pokemon were the ones that were badass and they were cool and i could convince myself that it was okay to like pokemon because i liked the ones that punched things or set things on fire uh and as i've I've grown older (laughs) i have now at a point in my life in which i really just value things that are nice and sweet and uh, you know, are, are polite and kind. And as I understand it, that's kind of Paddington's whole shtick is that he's just cute and nice to everyone. And you know what, that's just, that sounds so nice. That sounds so nice to me right now in this time.
0: <laughs> that's pretty much like a hitting the nail right on the head. Um, and oh, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned Paddington too, because part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is you may remember a few months back um, so in the year of 2020, two major developments on Rotten Tomatoes happened. The first one was mm-hmm. that was that somebody found an old review somewhere of the film Citizen Kane and the negative review of Citizen Kane knocked that movie from the <laughs> the best reviewed film of all time to Paddington 2 being the best reviewed film ever made. And so there was like the briefest window on Rotten Tomatoes where the top three films ever, just ever, period, ever reviewed were Paddington 2, Citizen Kane, Paddington 1. Um, because of this uh, debacle, Rotten Tomatoes, if you look it up now, actually no longer has... Um, they no longer display unweighted scores for their best films of all time, which I think is a fucking joke. Um, so it's now like Paddington is like number like 20 Paddington two is like 25 or something, but like they've fallen significantly because you can't even find the um, like the unweighted averages anymore.
2: Wait. So Caroline, if Citizen Kane fell,
0: th- that man's number one now, right? Yes, yes. David Fincher's *Mank* is now number one. Yeah,
2: *Mank* is the greatest film of all time, clearly, absolutely.
0: Um. So, anyway, getting back to Paddington, Carson, what do you know about Paddington? So Paddington
2: uh, is a movie based on a series of children's books, like picture books, mm-hmm. I believe.
0: Yeah, uh, that's correct. They are
2: all British. I know nothing about the books. I know that he is a little bear man. who who, like lives with a nice British family and much like Marmaduke or Dennis the menace, he gets into trouble and, and he he is a misfit, but he's much kinder than Dennis the menace. Dennis the menace, one of society's uh, greatest antagonists. Um, (laughs) And I think that the first one is largely like an immigrant story. I think is kind of the, the main metaphor going on in that I've heard. And then in the second one he goes to prison uh I know <laughs> Sally Hawking's in it in like yeah. both of them yeah. she's like the mom is is Kate Blanchett in
0: one of them um no Kate Blanchett is not in that um in either of them I have a feeling I know who you're thinking of when you think okay. um when you think about Kate Blanchett but we can get to that later um on in the movie because I don't want to spoil anything
2: Okay okay good
0: Cool. Um, Do you know anything else about Paddington or about this film? He's a bear. He's, he's, he's a little teddy bear boy. He, uh, he's British.
2: He likes marmalade. There was that big thing on Instagram like a year ago where Florence Pugh made marmalade and everyone, myself included, was like, just fell more in love with her than they already are. That was nice. But that's probably, I don't think that has anything to do with Paddington.
0: No, I don't think it probably does either. Well, then, if that is the case, um, we can go ahead and we can move into the next little segment of the show. Um, if you, if you're a new listener this week, um, before we go and watch the movie, we like to play a little bit of a game, we've got a couple different things that we do, but I think that because of Paddington being a film which is so widely regarded as good, so many folks have nothing but good glowing reviews to write about it, I thought that this week would be a good time to play our Untitled Letterboxd game.
2: Oh, well, that was uh, a big twist on me.
0: For those of you at home who are unfamiliar (laughs) with Untitled Letterboxd game, I have gone on the website letterboxd.com, which is, you know, a fun little social media site where you get to review whatever movies you want, and you can say whatever you want about them. And I have found one star reviews for Paddington and two other films. And so um, I am going to read them. They are all one star reviews. Um, I am going to read them off and Carson is going to try to guess which one is Paddington. Now, uh, he does not have to guess what the other two films are, but if he does, he gets bonus points. So, uh, Carson, are you ready?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so ready. And Caroline, real quick, just for the folks at home, those bonus points, they can be redeemed for, you know, like keys, one of those little sticky hands that you throw around, like gum and shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they truly are like Dave and Buster's tickets. If you get if you get like a thousand bonus points, like I'll give you like a Blu-ray or something.
2: At the end of the season, I'm going to use all my tickets and I'm going to purchase a cool electric guitar and I'm very excited about it.
0: <laughs> you sure are, bud. Um, well, if that is the case, um, I'm going to start off with the first one-star review. Go for it. And that review goes... I get what they were going for, parentheses, sometimes, but it was just so poorly executed and poorly written and dot, 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 poor everything. It was, if it was given to an actually competent writing team and a director that had any sense of what they were doing, I think this could have been all right. Whoever played character name redacted was clearly trying and I thought the painting was dot, 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 something. Painting. Okay.
2: All right. Interesting. Interesting. Painting.
0: Review number two. Unoriginal and boring with so many plot holes. Everything in the film feels incredibly unnatural and it oversimplifies too many things. The villain's motives seem weak. The bonding, storyline, and character developments feels rushed and borderline absurd. This film is nothing but a washed-up family film trope, badly delivered and boring as hell. Thumbs down.
2: And that is, uh, okay, all right, that's,
0: yeah, damn.
2: All right, give me the third one.
0: And then the third review, an over-bloated, self-indulgent film that I use as a litmus test. If somebody places it among their top films, I know that whoever it is is devoid of a personality or opinions of their own.
2: Okay. Um, damn, this is hard. Uh, this is a very hard one. Um. I'm going to, okay, work backwards in this. I'm going to eliminate the third one because I think Paddington is very well known, but I don't know. Like, it's not basic, you know? Like, it's not... It's not basic like I, I get if somebody's like oh I hate Shawshank and I think it's bad and if somebody's like oh yeah Shawshank's my favorite they're like oh you have bad taste. I don't know and that's no, no hatred on Shawshank but I, it's just that kind of movie you know.
0: Definitely okay yeah I, I got gotcha. you. Then... You know
2: what? number two number two number two I'm going number two lock and answer do 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 lock and block number Number two. two
0: okay number two has been locked in any guesses on what the other two films were i'm gonna say the first
2: one was uh sonic the hedgehog third one uh pixar's up i don't know
0: okay so you are correct that number two was oh, Paddington. Yeah. so you won the hell game yeah however <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> Uh, Producer Corey, any guesses as to what the other two were before I reveal them?
1: I love Pixar's Up for the third one. I think that's a fantastic choice. Um, I Thank you. I have no idea on the first one. Uh, let's just throw out Monsters, Inc. for the hell of it. <laughs>
0: No, so um, I I see where both of you are coming from, um, going with like the kids movie route. So instead of going the kids movie route, I went the um, the uh, most acclaimed and least acclaimed films I could think of um, to honor Paddington's heritage as the third best film of all time. So the final review that uh, about being an overbloated overhyped, self indulgent film was, of course, Citizen oh Kane. My God. And then the um, the first review I read um, was for a film widely regarded to be one of the worst films ever made, Manos, uh-huh. the Hands of Fate.
2: All right, well, you got me. That was that's good.
0: I still won. <laughs> you still won the game Fantastic. overall.
2: Fantastic.
0: Awesome. Well, um, if. So since that concludes our game, I think it's about time for us to go and watch Paddington. Oh, yeah. Let's go
2: watch Paddington. I'm really excited for this one, actually.
0: All right. And uh, so for those of you listening at home, we are going to take just the quickest of breaks. And when we come back in about mm, 17 or so seconds, uh, Carson and I will both have watched Paddington. And uh, we're going to see what we have to say about it. it. All right, guys, we will see you in just a minute after the break. And we are back.
2: We're back.
0: Uh, we we are back from our um from our trip to darkest Peru to um darkest London um to Nicole Kidman's house. Um, Carson, what did you think about <laughs> Nicole Paddington? Kidman's terrifying office? Ah, yeah. ah, I have no
2: words, Carolyn. I have no words. Why not? <laughs> he's my best (laughs) friend i'm sorry i'm sorry i i i love paddington i love him i love this movie it's so good isn't it just i i just uh i okay i'll start out with this let me let me tell you my experience of watching paddington so so it's been a very I don't I've alluded this is we record these out of order. I probably alluded to this in some episode that you're going to hear in a week or whatever. But I my life has been very chaotic right now. I'm like I'm, I'm like I don't really have an apartment right now. I'm like I've been bopping around friends' couches. I just started a new job. Like my life is very chaotic. So I I watched this movie yesterday like early in the morning with my roommate and I, I bought it on Blu-ray because it was like, I couldn't, Wi-Fi is bad and I couldn't uh, stream it. And I'm like, it's like $5 on Blu-ray, whatever, I'll buy it. I'm glad I did. I'm going to watch this movie every day for the rest of my life. And and so I popped the Blu-ray in and watching it at like 10 a.m. And midway through, my roommate just turns to me and she says, Carson, are you crying? And I said, yes.
1: Oh, that's so like, sweet
2: accusatorily like like yeah like fuck you I'm mean, you're not crying this movie I basically cried for like the entire movie like on and off like I I would I would every so often I think like oh I'm fine I'm okay I don't need to cry anymore and then something else would happen and I'd cry again either because something was just like so sad so like purely sincerely sad I mean, right at the beginning, right at the at the fucking beginning, they kill off Michael Gambon Bear, <laughs> and nothing's ev- like, you know, hey, hey, how about this? Fucking Mufasa can go fuck himself. I don't give a shit about him dying. Michael Gambon Bear is the saddest movie death of all time. Oh, Uncle bestuzo <laughs> Uncle bestuzo who's named after a boxer the man met once, which is amazing. Which is a phenomenal bit. It's so good. <laughs> it's like, and so he dies and that's horribly sad and that made me cry and then just like either Paddington because I, I alluded to this at the beginning I'm like the thing I've heard about this movie is that it's very sincere and it's very sweet and I didn't like I wasn't prepared for the level of purity and sincerity that was going to just emanate off of this this damn movie and it it like bowled me over in a very in a very real sense like I was just kind of emotionally overwhelmed for the entire runtime of Paddington um yeah he you know uh paddington's my best friend uh i love him sorry john wick sorry detective pikachu you're out paddington's my new best friend um
0: yeah i uh, this is so wait did you say john wick yeah john (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know my best friend john wick
1: (laughs) okay carson Carson, you are giving me excellent pull quotes for this episode, so I just wanted to say, like, thank you, truly, from the bottom welcome, of my heart. You're Corey.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Carson. Um, aside from your from your great from your great little little zingy pull quotes, um, you've already hit a lot of points that, like, I think is so good to hit. Um, we can attack this movie. Um, from from a few places from here I mean it is one of those things that like we've talked about this before Um, it is hard when you are trying to you know come up with interesting things to say about children's movies because Mm -hmm. like it's not that those things should go uncriticized it's not that those things should go without like thought and without um, you know consideration but it's also one of those things where it's like these things are supposed to be digestible and understood by literal children. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you go with like the stuff that's very blatant and very obvious, it's like, that's not particularly interesting. Like you get that just by watching the movie, but then, you know, you run the risk of trying to be a little too like hoity-toity pretentious about like coming up with good art takes. But I mean, I think a really good place to jump in is how sincere it is and how earnest it is um it's one of those things where like even the characters like the movie is very unironic the movie is very um is very like sincere and earnest and like doesn't really the film as a whole doesn't really ever get cynical but really neither do the characters i mean one thing i even wrote down is the dad who's the biggest stick in the mud he's never he's he's very rarely sarcastic you know what I mean? No. He he's just grumpy. He's grumpy, but he means everything he says, which is very endearing. Um, because it that alone ratchets up a little bit, like the tension of like, oh my gosh, like this bear can never, you know what I mean? Like this bear can't integrate into the fa- into a family in London because it, while he is a stick in the mud, he isn't he isn't doing so out of like spite or out of disdain. Or out of, like, you know, it's not that thing where you don't find yourself going, like, oh, no, like, you're just a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, he is being a jerk, but it's, like, his concerns are valid. And he clearly believes them. He's not just citing them because it will win him the argument. Like, he does truly believe it. And so I think it's very fun to have a film that's that earnest. That, like, I mean, you know, say what you will about the last... 2122 years of american cinema but i think that the shrekification of children's film <laughs> everything is a joke everything is a bit yeah um, everything is like ironic and sarcastic weirdly enough it is kind of refreshing to see something like this
2: yeah it's 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 also i mean and again, we gotta. I think we we probably put this tag in every single time we talk about the Marvel movies. But like, man, I'm a fucking I'm a I'm Marvel trash. I love those movies. I talk about them all the time. Um, but also, it is you know kind. Of, I think it's also kind of the Marvel sickness. You know, it's like every every heroic ever. Like nearly all of the Marvel heroes are one like comic heroes um and, and two they're all like kind of cynical bastards like they all it's it's because they're all kind of in the mold of robert downey jr's tony stark they're for the most part all pretty you know they're all playing everything with the wink wink nudge nudge to the camera except and it's the reason why it's i think the reason why he's my favorite marvel character is except for chris evans captain america that guy i think that that performance in those series of movies works primarily because he is the you know he he is the 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 balm of sincerity over everyone else's kind of uh uh winking cynicism
0: but no to I mean, your point oh I, sorry I, yeah go on oh i'm just gonna say i wholly agree with that um mm-hmm. as as a as a concept spider-man has always been my favorite always will be but like in those movies um it is always captain america and it's for yeah. that exact reason Um, Which like kind of breaks my like little leftist like America is a failing state heart to say that. Um, But it's like it's like as a human being it's like you watch those and I'm just like okay this is corporate military propaganda. Mm -hmm. But boy that guy does seem really really like nice. Yeah (laughs) like it works.
2: Um, it's, it's, what I I, I mentioned this, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but I say it in real life all the time. I just referenced, some um, um, film critic at large, Emily VanderWoof, um, had a tweet, I think in response to something she said about Hamilton coming out on Disney+, Plus which was like, I like mainstream media way too much to ever be a true leftist. And I don't think I've ever, like, re- related in such a very specific way to a, a person's tweet before.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And... God, yeah. we, we love Emily Vanderwerf. We stan. Um, She's great. If you have, yeah, if you ever listen to this podcast, um, say, hi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hello. think hello. Doubt hello. that will ever happen.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we are fans, though. Um, we would like to be your friend. Um, but, yeah, back to your point about the dad, and I do think that he's such a perfect microcosm for I don't even want to say why this movie works because like this movie fucking works on every single level but like the fact that you're right you he is not cynical he never almost never you know says something he doesn't believe um and he is redeemable because his wants are very clear and it's I I say this all the goddamn time because it's obvious but it is like the screenwriting trick that people fall into all the time in a lot of mainstream media which is They assume that in order to make a character likable, it needs to be some sort of fucking save the cat thing, but it's not. It's you just need to know somebody's want and their objective very clearly. And that guy, it's literally Paddington says it in a fucking voiceover, but it works. Like, his issue, the reason he's such a stick in the mud is because he just wants to protect his kids. And, like, that is a very... One, it's a very recognizable, very clear need that that character can clearly follow throughout the story. But also, it is the audience can relate to that. Like we get it. Like, yeah, I don't like that you're being a dick to my best friend Paddington, but <laughs> like, I get it. I can't blame you for your main priority wanting to be to protect your kids, even if you're going against it in a if you're going about it in a way that I think is in the movie and the movie thinks is is incorrect. Um, but it's it's just like this movie. It it is such great like screenwriting and storytelling fundamentals because everyone is everyone has a clear want and a clear need and a clear objective and cause and effect both in terms of the plot and the characterization and also every single bit of physical comedy all of which work like fucking gangbusters the cause and effect is very very clear thing happens which causes other thing to happens and so other thing happens yeah it's just like it is this is Screenwriting 101, like basics, just down, like playing the fundamentals. So,
0: so good, so good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, God, I, um, oh, let me see here. Yeah, I mean, I have the notes about the dad and it's even true still where it's like, there were two moments and there might've been even more. Um, one thing that stuck out to me about this is um... A lot of, a lot of children's media nowadays. Um, and again, like, I don't, I don't know if, if it all started with Shrek, but like, that's certainly the first big mainstream, like, look at this, like, cynical movie where we're also putting in like adult jokes for the parents. But, like, there are two bits that come to mind in this, which are, like, references. And, like, so many kids' movies nowadays is it's just, like, let's just throw in, like, a few references to, like, uh, um, so that, like, the parents can get involved. And the two that I'm thinking of, like, this, this is such a simple thing, but it's one of those things where watching it, I was like, wait, that's actually so good, is... Mm-hmm. The two that I'm thinking of, there's the Indiana Jones one where he is like slides under the thing and like reaches yeah. back and grabs the hat. And then there's the Mission Impossible. Yeah, the other one. one. There's the yeah. Mission Impossible one that has music. But the thing that like I, like it clicked for me when I was watching it was this. was protocol reference. Yeah. And like it, it, it clicked with me when I was watching this that I'm like, I'm like, how have I never put this together before? But like the reason why I, the reason why I found them so much more endearing in this movie is because. In so many other kids' movies, that's the punchline. You know, the punchline is, oh, and then they referenced yes. Heat. You know, like, or, like, oh, they referenced, like, yeah, they referenced yeah. this, like, <laughs> adult movie. Where in this, they're both setups to the punchline. Mm-hmm. The punchline being, oh, well, his hat gets stuck, and then he kind of has to tug on it a little bit. And, like, that's funny. And then the Mission Impossible yeah. bit is, and it plays the music, it plays the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and, and then it, like, it pans up, and it's just, the farthest like shoot in the world it's like it's like a comic like a comically long vent that he has to that he has to go through and it's like that thing of like i'm like you know what like so many other kids movies are fine to make a reference and have that be the joke and like in both of those in both of those examples they are the setup to what will then be the joke that the kids can then be in on and it's just like it's just little things like that Mm -hmm. that i'm just like i'm just like i'm like wow like this is like a really like much like paddington the bear like a very kind considerate movie (laughs) like
2: yeah yeah it's it's the yeah, it's like you said, like the Indiana Jones bit works if you know that scene in Indiana Jones, because it plays with your expectations because his hat gets stuck. But also if you have no idea what Indiana Jones is, that's just good like tension building. It's just, you know, it's it's good filmmaking. It's like, oh no, is Paddington going to get under the door? It is closing. We see that it's closing. We see his goal. We see what he has to do. Can he do it? Um, yeah, it? This movie is just so good.
1: Can confirm, I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie, and I was tense as hell in that moment.
2: <laughs> You've never seen an Indiana Jones movie? I, I, there are so
1: many movies I haven't seen for <laughs> someone who's producing a show called How Have You Not Seen? Well, that's why this podcast exists, I guess.
0: Uh, yeah. Um. Well, I mean, we'll we'll have to keep that in mind, Corey. That could be a fun a fun thing to uh to do one day is for us. To That'd be a really fun series, Jones. yeah. Um. But I mean, I don't know. Let me think. I mean, Carson, what other thoughts do you have? I mean, there's so there's so many good things in in here. All of my notes are literally just like, that was really fun. like like remember this moment? That was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I I I mean, oh boy, that's the thing is it's hard to it's hard for me to like kind of try and get my thoughts out about this movie that it's not just a series of like yeah and then. And then they named him after the train station, and it was sweet, and I loved it. And like, and then, and then he made marmalade and ate it very quickly, and it was funny, and I liked it. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just kind of that. It works so well but it, it's the exact. We've definitely talked about this in the podcast before. It's kind of the um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse sickness where. We, we saw that movie together and we walked out of it and we are like, what do you think that movie? You're both just like, I don't know. It was fucking great. Like it was perfect. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Robin let's Hood. Let's talk about something else that's like not as perfect. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about Robin Hood. Um, Yeah, because so, like that thing, that's insane and like not nearly as perfect.
0: Um, Which God, I have to say, I have to say in the last just, like, like two and a half years, has any singular film been invoked on the show more than the Taron Edgerton Robin Hood? More than... Like, like, uh, no, okay, no, no like we'll, no. we'll, 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 we'll scratch Star Wars and like Marvel. Cause those are like, well, yeah. other than Gimmicks. has any film been invoked as much as the Taron Edgerton Robin Hood? I don't know that it has. And we, one day we will talk
2: hood. It will happen. We will talk <laughs> we will hood. hood. We will do a full episode about it. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, you know, you know who's, uh, you know who's good in this movie. Everyone, um, but also Nicole uh, Kidman. They're all great. Nicole Kidman is uh, uh, so scary, <laughs> like such a good villain. And like, but even by the end of the movie, if she, if she had just remained a kind of cartoonish a cartoonish tax like evil taxidermist like it would it would work that performance is well tuned enough and it integrates itself well enough into the early plot that like you accept it that makes sense but the revelation the, the twin revelations of one she says like oh i'm the explorer's daughter and then that's how she tricks him into coming in and then the revelation that that wasn't a lie she is and like that is her motivation for trying to catch paddington One is like good writing, good, good plot reveal. Two, something that like, I have, you know, kind of poking around seeing just blurbs about this movie I've kind of heard about, like, relates to the fact that fundamentally this is a movie about um, uh, uh, like cultural appropriation and colonialism and the immigrant experience also, which is, it's fucking crazy how well it handles those things for a very simple lighthearted kids movie. because there's the fundamental thing of this guy's, you know, the, the father who meets the bears at the beginning is this kind-hearted explorer who, like, represents, like, it, in sort of almost the way that, like, Captain America, the character, represents the ideal of what America could be or might be, but much more often kind of the false ideal of what <laughs> we imagine America is when it is not. You know, this explorer who journeys to darkest Peru solely for the purpose of, like, gaining knowledge and meeting new you know, new peoples and, and like kind of trying to share culture with them. Um, he is spurned by like the actual like British explorers society, who are just a bunch of like dirty colonialists who are like, why didn't you kill those talking bears? That's the whole thing <laughs> we do is that we go to other lands right. and we expropriate their resources for our own fun. Like what, what are you doing trying to share culture? Ridiculous. No, yeah.
0: And um, yeah. Well, yes, and I'm I, I'm glad I'm glad that you you brought it here because it does. So there's a lot of context surrounding surrounding this, and I think that they do a lot of things with this movie right. Yes. If you poke around Letterboxd long enough, you will see people be like, "Wow, like this movie is like this movie is like British propaganda about like how good like the colonial project was," <laughs> and it's like, it's like it's like guys, sure. like, it's like. Like, yeah, I see what you're getting at, but like, we have to make these things digestible for children. Like, this is supposed to be digestible for children. Yeah. Like, we have to boil some of these ideas down to like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be mean to people just because they're a little different. It's like, we can't get into like settler, settler colonial projects and like how, you know, we we can't get into the, the, the destruction of cultures um, for five-year-olds with a talking bear. I'm not saying there's not a way to broach that topic with five year olds but, like, when your metaphor is be nice to other well. people, like, there's not really... You know what I mean? And I think that, like... Yeah. I think this movie does a couple things really right. Um, one being particularly that um, Paddington is... Um, gosh, this this just feels so silly to say. <laughs> but just like just like just like well, I mean, we look at Paddington, it's like a cultural like signifier. It's like, <laughs> it is one of those things yeah, where yeah, like a symbol. Two things I think that this movie does very, very right is the the explorer whose name does escape me, so I apologize to Paddington's stance, but um he takes the record of, like, English etiquette made for English folks. And, like, that's just one of the things he leaves the bears with. So the bears are very, like, European when we meet them. You know, there's not a Mm -hmm. weird... They're very Yes, they're very English. So there isn't kind of a weird, like, white British people trying to write... Peruvian characters and then you know what I mean? Like we, they kind of circumnavigate all of that. Yeah. But not only that, um, but the other immigrant stuff they get into is from within Europe, you know, like the two other times they kind of Mm -hmm. bring up like immigrant refugee stories. They invoke world war two where, um, folks Mm -hmm. were leaving their children at train stations, both in Britain and outside of Britain so that they could find homes. Um, and then there is the man at the store, at the antique store, who is played by—he's played by that guy. You know, he's in Moulin Rouge. He's in um, the sixth, he's in the yes. Sixth Turf movie. Um, um, yes, yes, we can, 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 yes. can, can. Uh, and, and Jim Broadbent. Yes, Jim Broadbent. Thank you. And he is—he's um, primarily talking about the immigrant refugee experience from like I believe it's Germany it might have been Austria but like from 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 it's central German. from central european both invoking world war 2 both invoking this sort of myth of like this 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 british myth of like that very noble thing we did which included taking in refugees god damn it and um which I think is important yeah. because if you look at the context of this movie this movie's coming out in 2014 i believe um which is the very i mean brexit as a concept, like the idea of England leaving the European union has been something that's been in the culture for 40, 50 years, but the wave that finally did it really started ramping up in like 2013. Um, Like that's when Cameron, I was doing a little bit of research um, and that's when David Cameron is like, Hey guys, if you elect me and my party, we are vowing to put that to a ballot like that was a campaign promise and that's what gets Brexit on the ballot. And then a year after this movie comes out, that's what makes Brexit happen. So it's like there, this, this this wave within yeah. England proper of just like, of like this, thi- you know, this thing of like, no, people from other lands are stupid. They're just trying to sell us stuff. Don't pay any attention. Like the movie's kind of undercutting that in a way that is accessible to children. And in a way that like, yes, that is the end of my thought.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, and it feels almost like, again, because it's so well, it, it is, it is told, and I mean this in, in the most, I mean this in the highest possible terms, it is something that is communicated so simply, and so directly that it feels almost kind of ridiculous to like, say it because it's not like you're uncovering anything it's so you know it's so it was purely presented in the in the in the film uh but like I think it's really important that they I mean they do a lot of, in the beginning of the story Montgomery Clyde yes, the name you. of the explorer welcome uh I had to look it up myself I also forgot it. it's a great name though that's a, that's a good name um but the fact that he kind of you know with with no malice leaves them with this this false ideal of what london is and and how accepting the people will be and they put that on paddington with the story about world War two and they're being refugee children that like people and parents would take them in and give them a home and love them um and then as soon as paddington gets to london the fact that no that's just a story that's just a myth like it's nobody frankly nobody gives a shit about you right. they're just gonna walk on by you who cares uh, you're just some bear um and it it actually takes one, it takes, like, it is a movie about how small acts of kindness, like, build up and, and and can build into much larger acts of kindness, which is, oh, man, an idea that just makes me cry. But <laughs> that it takes Sally Hawking kind of very specifically making the choice to not do that, to go against her culture, um, to accept Paddington in. Um, and then, two, that it takes that like even then Paddington is not fully accepted like the myth is still like it's it's work and like and that's encapsulated by um Broadband's whole monologue about coming after you know after uh World War II and that like yeah I was kind of told that it'd be great and it wasn't and like I love it now and I've I've integrated here but like it took a long time for me to feel at home and one of the major reasons for that was because people made it unhospitable there was a you know a culture of keeping others out and that is part of the reason why I had such a tough time um yeah it's oh man it's just so uh, uh this movie makes me so happy and I just I like it and it is You know, call me some, (laughs) we keep coming back to it, but call me some dumb neoliberal and, you know, involving in fantasies. But like, it is just, it's nice to have a movie where it's like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we actually lived up to these fucking stupid ideals we like to say we do? Actually, what would it take to actually be what we say we are? And being able to engage in the fantasy of doing that. It's just, it's nice and it's good. And I like it, you know?
0: Yeah. No, and and I agree, and that's why yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why I wanted to watch um, this movie for the show because I mean it, it's it's enjoyable, it's beautiful, uh, it is it is one of it's the perfect. highest. I mean, it is. <laughs> It is one of the <laughs> best reviewed movies ever made. Um, which I will say, like, watching this mm-hmm. in the way that like obviously Rotten Tomatoes is very imperfect. And if you take Rotten Tomatoes as gospel or, or as like anathema, like calm down. But like in the way that Rotten Tomatoes does do its ratings yeah. of like it's less it's less about like on a scale of 1 to 100, how good is this movie? And it's actually like, what is the percentage of a chance you're gonna like it? Maybe not love it, maybe not be obsessed with it, maybe not have it be your favorite movie, but like, what is the percentage of a chance you'll probably like this movie? I can see why this is one of the highest reviewed films ever made. Because it is just so wonderfully simple. And like, I don't know. I mean, I really think you have to really go digging for a reason to dislike this movie and it's one of those things where it's like yes you can call it like neoliberal propaganda yes of course uh uh-huh okay great 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 you're not wrong but if you're watching this movie if you're watching Paddington rated g starring Ben Whishaw Sally Hawkins and Nicole Kidman if you're watching that movie and you're saying like this movie is bad because it's neoliberal propaganda and because it doesn't get into the dark history of colonialism. Yeah. I just like, I really like, I say this like with all sincerity, with no malice, like maybe you just don't like movies, you know? what <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, maybe you're like, a little lost it, in it, the it, sauce. It, and yeah. I'm not saying that you can't not like movies, and I'm not saying that you can't be offended by some of that stuff, but it's one of those things where it's just like, it's just like if that is your takeaway from this movie like what movies do you like <laughs> you know what i'm saying
2: yeah like what like maybe movies are pieces of art and they're not all polemic political lessons right. so, i don't know like you this does make me think though carolyn i've got a i've got a pitch and i i want to i want to you know just just get your reaction to this because i'm going to I mean, I'm going to give this to the executives at at Warner. We're going to eventually when I'm powerful. Okay, cool. A sequel to Robin Hood. But you said you know you don't want to. Well, well, no, no, no. That's that's the first pitch. This is the second. Great. Robin Hood. Robin Hooder. Robin -er. (laughs) Hooder. I don't know. That's nothing. Robin or Hood. Um, Christopher Robin Hood, where he crosses over (laughs) with Winnie the Pooh but so here it is because you said you're not going to get into the dark history of colonialism with a talking bear and and here you go it's it's ted three and it's it's sort of a uh you know like a crossover with kill all brutes it's like what if ted learned about the dark history of of like slavery and and great power colonial expansion in the latter half of the of the last century or the last... Uh, no, yeah, I hear what
0: you're putting down. And just real quick, all I have to say is... uh oh, no, Corey, I, Can you delete the last two minutes of podcast, please?
1: <laughs> I loved it. I laughed so hard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think it'd be a good movie. Uh,
0: yeah, because... Yeah, okay, you know, well, it's I like... Guess, I, guess to to I guess we're going to Warner's. We're going to Hollywood.
2: It's like, te- you know, because you can learn about... You could learn... You could learn the very important uh, true life history of of just how fucking terrible the West has been, and then also Ted could be there, and he could make like a he could make like a joke. It could be like a joke about like a penis or something. Yeah.
1: And I think what you're missing, I think what you're missing is that we would be learning all of that through the eyes not only of a bear, but more importantly Mark of Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs>
2: And every five minutes, Mark Wahlberg just goes,
1: whoa, I didn't know
2: that. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: wow. Oh, that's 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 pretty that's man, that's horrible. Oh. Uh, so back to Paddington. Let's um let's pivot really quickly and talk about yes. um, let's talk about Nicole Kidman, one of my all-time favorites. Sure. Um
2: Yeah, yeah, one of the greatest living actors, yes. Just
0: an actor who for me is always dialed in. Just always, mm-hmm. always, always mm-hmm. dialed in. Um, understands perfectly what this movie is and what she should be doing. Um And I love how weird she consistently gets. You know what I mean? Like between this and like Aquaman and some of her more recent just like genre fairs and like Moulin Rouge, which is not recent, like that's obviously older, but like she yeah. is always at her year, yeah. best when she just gets to be weird.
2: Yeah. When she just gets to go all, all in, but like, she's not, I mean, she's not like a, she's not a Nicolas Cage, you know, she's not, she's not like, I would never say Kidman's like wacky, but she is, she does make things that are really fucking out there, surprisingly grounded and believable. Yes. Like, yes. I, you know, like everything she says in this movie rings a hundred percent true. You know, my favorite Nicole Kidman move, uh, bit in this movie. It's that? And it's very small, and it's it's partially her and partially the writing coming into perfect sync. When um when the father steps forward and, f- and defends Paddington is like and give gives a speech that made me cry about he, he's Paddington's in our family and family sticks together. And if you want to get him, you're gonna have to go through all of us, which makes me cry in the exact same way that the the scene at the end of Spider Man where they all start throwing stuff, the Green Goblin being like, "This is New York." <laughs> One of us, you gotta take on all of us. It's like makes me cry. Um, but and then and then he's like, you're gonna have to go through me, you know. Right. And she's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I've never stuffed a person, but I could do that. Like she's immediately like, oh yeah, I'll I'll do I'll do a murder. You think I won't do a murder?
1: Absolutely, I will. Uh yeah. Great. No, I
0: mean it's it's very fun. She makes a um. She makes a villain easily could have been um easily could have been very boring. Um just fun. Um and yeah, and I mean I I yeah. I wrote a note so down good. that was like, Yeah, Nicole Kidman stepping out of a phone booth and looking at me like she would have me too. Like easy. Like if Nicole Kidman yeah, needed to yeah, introduce me yeah. to her dark plot. Just like Peter Capaldi. She would yep. just have to walk out of a phone booth and go, Oh, hello and I'd be like, What do you need? Which
1: Brings up one of my favorite uh, sub-genres of film, which is hot woman takes advantage of dumb, stupid, horny man.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: it's
2: always a good trope. I like, and I like this version of that trope because she, like, the amount of minimal effort that she puts in to do it is, like, pretty consistently hilarious. Like, she really doesn't even need to seduce him. She just kind of has to be like, uh, yeah, uh, you should let me do this. You're looking pretty nice. And he's like, yes. And it's like, yes, anything you'd like.
0: I am of an old grouchy man who does not have, who does not have much or many friends and and, and you're talking to me. Oh yeah. You need me to help yeah. you break into my neighbor's house. You got it. You got it.
2: So you can, you can gas and steal a bear. Yes. Um, but like even Peter Capaldi is, is redeemed somewhat by yeah. the end. Like even, even he is when, when confronted with the true, fact of what is going to happen that this bear is going to die and I mean and it's it's the moment in which I think the movie does become the most like nakedly polemic and and kind of again it's very straightforward I don't think it's like hiding its message but when it it very much reveals its hand when Nicole Kidman is like yeah that one bear moves in your neighborhood and then what next week there's a bear on every street corner there's fur filling up the gutters like what you know I'm like oh that sounds again it came out two years before but it sounds scarily like a taco truck on every corner like it's uh, you know yeah
0: i mean yeah it's it's that it's that
2: good uh nativist that nativism just reasserting itself yeah, all the and, time i
0: mean that's the thing is like is i mean ukip is already at this point is already like lobbying the conservatives to be like let's do a let's let, let's let's get out like let's let's quit the union let's quit the union and it's like it's working like <laughs> they are mm-hmm. they're aware of what's going on yeah uh
2: The world is dumb, and I just wish I could live in the Paddington world
0: where things things
2: work out. Things work out. I think Paddington should be the president. I think (laughs) I can't believe that in the third movie, Paddington's going to get into some hijinks while baking bread, and then he's going to accidentally solve nuclear fusion and end climate change. (laughs) Like, I can't believe.
0: Weird fact that I saw while going through um, Wikipedia. Is um, apparently Colin Firth was su- originally supposed to play Paddington, and dropped out um, partway through production, and so they have Ben Wood. Oh, know, that's right? weird! Like Ben Wishaw is work. so perfect, and I'm not even like a Wishaw like Stan. Like I love some Colin Firth, but like that's so like old yeah. and like refined. Where yeah. like he's so like cute and mousy. Yeah,
2: and he's just sincere and nice and kind and polite and. Uh, uh, Yeah, no, that's weird. I mean, that's, there is that connection, I will say, to my other favorite movie about uh, simultaneously, um, like, simultaneously destroying, but also reasserting aspects of, um, like, british cultural colonialism which is uh, uh the, King, the first kingsman movie uh in which colin firth <laughs> does actually kind of we actually weirdly enough is uh now that i think about it welcome to my ted talk uh colin firth is the paddington of the first kingsman movie i will be presenting my slideshow at a live event at some point in the future um yeah that's weird i gotta think about that one a little bit more that's weird But yeah, that would not have worked. Wishaw's great.
0: No, Wishaw's phenomenal. Wishaw's phenomenal. And I'm so glad you said the Kingsman because you started and you said the Kings. And I go, if he fucking brings up the King's speech, I'm going to scream.
2: No, it's weird that there was the King's man. And then, well, there's the, there's Kingsman and then the upcoming, the King's man. And then also the King's speech. A great trilogy of films that I love.
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what more there, there's super uh, is to say about this. I mean, I have a collection of bits that I think are phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. for example, the, um, like when he says, uh, I mean, I, I am a sucker. I am a sucker for fake, uh, period footage. You know, when the movie opens with the fake, it's yeah. Um, I'm such a sucker for it. Always, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, but then he's like, he's like, we only brought what was absolutely necessary. And there, he has a team of twenty people lugging like a whole manor's worth of stuff. Great bit. Yeah. Um. I named him after my darling mother and a and a strange boxer I met in a pub. Great bit that <laughs> I met. <laughs> um. Let's see. I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, my favorite note that I wrote about this movie is I said the hijinks semicolon. The Jinx, they're so high. Um,
2: It's great. Paddington is great. There's
0: 107 ways to say it is raining.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. The whole, yeah, the speaking bear thing, my, you know, weirdly enough, also something this this movie shares with Robin Hood is that there is a, uh, in my language, my name is pronounced like this. (laughs) And then the other character can't say it. Plays a lot better in this movie because it's literally a bear
0: growl right right instead of just like learning how to say a man's name jamie oh fox you're, like you're doing right. a bad right.
2: middle eastern accent uh, first yeah, of all how dare you
0: it, it,
2: uh, i mean okay no i love jamie fox i'm not trying to go at jamie fox he's great he's i mean but the accent work in that movie is uh, not good
0: yeah, um, another good bit of um, there we bit. have a missing person. He has a red hat, a blue coat, and he's and a bear. He's a
2: bear. He's a
0: bear. That's this movie's relationship.
2: Oh, the the base comedy of this movie's like the comedy that runs through every single scene is that the society's relationship to what seeing a talking bear would be is not total disinterest, but it is so utterly muted. for what real life would be so just right right the fact that he's a bear is secondary to like anything else is consistently hilarious it's like a minor
0: inconvenience
2: yeah it's oh man i mean the setup and payoff work in this fucking thing like the fact that every family member has a skill and then those skills all help them the like constant reminder of him having a sandwich in his hat it's like it's just so good like there's yeah, I don't know. I, you know what? I have nothing else to say about this movie. I'm done. It's great. It's perfect. I love it. Paddington is my best friend. A plus. He should be. We should have a day where we all just celebrate Paddington.
0: Marmalade Day.
2: Marmalade Day.
0: Every house should have a marmalade. Yes, day.
2: we should have Marmalade Day, and and Florence Pugh is the marmalade queen. And, God, what a perfect world that would be.
0: Um, I'm not, I'm not smart enough, quick enough on my feet to make the joke, but there's something about a joke between what you just made and like the bear suit in the, in Midsummer. Um, yes. So- yes. There's something there. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a joke. Just, if you gave it's, me it's, more than it's, it's half something. of a second it's to something. go
2: with
0: uh, all right. <laughs> um, Corey, producer Corey, do you have any, um, thoughts on Paddington before we go? Cause I think Carson and I are kind of running out of steam here. Yeah.
1: I think I think really the only thing I want to add, besides acknowledging that everything you've said has been brilliant and lovely, and I also want Paddington to be my best friend, he uh, is. I'm sorry, he is my best friend. uh, We can fight offline. That's fine. Okay, you're losing more (laughs) points. No. Um, (laughs) Um. the style of this movie is just beautiful from a directing standpoint. Um, it is yeah. just stunning with like the magical realism, and we're kind of flitting in and out of that. And I, the, I mean, everything stylistically about this movie is chef's kiss, beautiful. I, I truly was just so happy while yeah. I was watching. Yeah, it. it's a
0: really, really, really lovely little movie. Right.
1: I was also just going to add to the uh, rules of the world. One of the first notes I took yeah. when uh, the dad walks by Paddington in the uh, train station is, I just wrote, what are the rules of this universe? Yeah. Because I, if I walked by a train, a bear in a train station, I would probably collapse. And he just says, he's probably yeah. selling something. Uh, exactly. Probably selling
2: something. Yeah, like... <sighs> Oh, it's so funny. Oh, man. Uh... I'll, uh, so this will be my final thought here, which is that did you two know that uh, Paul King, director of this, Paddington 2, and then just like a, a bevy of like very like, like culty but now very, I think, influential like alternative British comedy programs like fucking Mighty Boosh and, and Garth Marenghi's Darkest, uh, Darkest Hour um, is signed on to direct the Timothy Chalamet star
1: vehicle Willy Wonka prequel movie? oh weird. Oh, yeah pretty I, weird huh i hated that timothy chalamet was making that but now that i know that he's directing it i'm yeah. marginally more interested yes
2: is my reaction to that is the exact same as my reaction to when they announced that they're doing a han solo prequel movie and they got uh lord miller directing it where i'm like well i do- that concept offends me to my core but Look, if anybody can do it, I guess it's those So what those we're saying guys. is
0: he's going to be replaced with Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. He's going to be replaced with Ron Howard. And then Howard. Chalamet gonna is going to be replaced and, with Paul Bettany.
0: Uh, and...
2: Yes. And, and then you're going to have um, uh, Glenn Close is going to be in there and she's going to be in her hillbilly energy <laughs> makeup. <laughs> and she's going <laughs> to... And really, it's also a Mima origin movie. <laughs> uh, I refuse to watch that movie. Anyway... Uh, you shouldn't. It's bad. Um, um,
0: I think that's Paddington.
2: That is Paddington. We're done um, with Paddington. So, th- I if you guys
0: it. are still listening at this point, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, next week, Carson, we are. Ah, God, I know we say this. I know. I. I. I know we say this so frequently whenever we're doing this show. But mm-hmm. we always say like the next movie, like the ship from this movie to the next movie is wild. Like it's crazy. It's so yeah. Disparate. We're taking
2: this was like truly when we were playing this season. I was initially like, yeah, let's do that, and then I was like, actually, wait, that might be too big of a swing but i'm glad we're doing it um so next week we're gonna you know in the if you're listening uh i don't know how they do it in the rest of the world but you know if you're listening to the states most part of the united states now are kind of start and go back to school so we're going to start a little movie series called our back to school series which are movies that all in some way have to do with high school or college and next week uh we're going to be watching spring Breakers. Harmony Crins 2012, in my piece, in my opinion, a uh, fucking masterpiece of uh, violence, sex, and excess. Just about as far away from Paddington as one can get.
0: Yeah, so um I am excited to watch to watch that. Um <laughs> I uh Yeah, yeah, I, I I already know I already know that it is um gonna be wildly different from Paddington, but I don't know that I'm prepared for it
2: if there is no movie that i can more universally recommend than paddington that i think literally everybody i know would find something to like and appreciate about it there is no other movie i know that i could that i both love that i i would be so hesitant to ever recommend someone else watching (laughs) as spring breakers okay
0: okay well um I, I will look forward to, uh, to getting into that next week. Um, in the meantime, you guys, if you are still listening um, to the show, please give us a follow on our social medias. Um, Producer Corey, you know these things a little bit better than I do at this point. If you want to do a really quick social media plug.
1: Yes. Yes, like us on H-H-Y-N-S podcast on Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at H H Y N S movies, all caps for H H Y N S M, lowercase uvies, and brand new this season, please follow us on Letterboxd at H H Y N S pod. Yeah.
0: yeah. And um, we should be pretty much. Uh, Wherever you guys get your podcasts, we should be on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify. Um, If there's anywhere that you uh, get your podcasts that you don't see us, please let us know and we will happily get on there. And um, wherever you get your podcasts, please uh, remember to rate and review. It really does help out the show.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, we will see you next week to talk spring breakers. Bye bye.